Should you think of your house as a real estate investment? We're going to talk about that on this episode of Real Estate Revenue. Welcome to this episode of Real Estate Revenue. Uh, we are making some changes, making some transitions, hopefully for the better. And one of those is uh, I was trying to decide if I should change the name of this podcast to Financial Momentum or if I should just start another podcast. I think with all the things that are going on in real estate right now, Maybe I should just keep this and have a second podcast, and uh, I think that's what we're going to do. So we're going to have this uh, Financial Momentum podcast coming up shortly, and uh, I will let you know as soon as that happens. Um, so today is the day to piss off a lot of people. <laughs> uh, every now and then, we just have to ruffle some feathers and get people excited and agitated, and this is... This is it today. Should you think of your house as a real estate investment? Should you think of it as an investment property? So, what do you think? Obviously, most people would say yes, because that's how they go about buying their home. Um, I'm a real estate broker. been in this business now for about 11 years. I was in the home building business. Uh, in, uh, in an earlier decade, I won't say which one, but uh, in an earlier decade, I was in the home building business. I built, uh, I was a general contractor, built homes, single family homes. And, uh, so I've had, uh, now I do commercial real estate. So I've experienced both sides of this, been through about four crashes, uh, economic crashes. And, um, probably the one coming up is the worst one ever. So, so I think it's a good idea to talk about this. So what's been happening in the housing market lately? Well, people have been buying and overpaying for homes. They have been buying, uh, offering tens of thousands of dollars over asking price, thinking that they are doing a good thing because the price of real estate is never going to come down again. And every time... You just may as well not ever say that. You're just asking for trouble when you when you make statements like that. The price will come down. It will go back up. There's cycles. There are cycles in real estate, just like everything else. And you know, throughout the world, there are economic cycles, political cycles, um, weather cycles, real estate cycles. Everything has a cycle. Right now, uh, we are at the end of an upward trend cycle in real estate, and we're about to be over the top and go down the backside. We're already on the way down, actually. So, uh, 
why do I think you should not think of your home as a real estate investment? So most people would say, well, over time, it's going to make me a lot of money. It'll gain in value. I'll have all this equity. There's one flaw with that. That is correct. It will gain value. If you keep it long enough, it will be worth more than what you bought it for. It will be worth a lot, a lot more in most cases. However, what you're not taking into account is what you're actually paying for the home. Financially, you should not think of it as an investment. Emotionally, it's an emotional investment. It's a life investment. You should buy your home because you like it, because you love it, you want to live there. You want to, you want to enjoy the home. Uh, it's one of those things you buy. I mean, you don't buy a car because you don't buy a car because it's going to be worth more when you sell it because it never will be unless you keep it. You happen to buy one of those cars that's going to be a classic and you keep it for 40 years or 50 years and, and then maybe it'll be worth more than what you paid for it. But it's in most cases, it's not going to be. So you don't buy, so you don't buy the car as an investment. You buy it because you like it. You buy it because you want to, you want to enjoy driving it. It's going to serve a purpose. You need it. Well, it's the same with a house. You need a place to live and you want to enjoy the home that you live in. So you buy it based on emotions. And that's why I don't like to be, that's why I have as a, as a real estate agent broker, I have never dealt in houses because there are too many emotions involved. Because when you go buy a house, it's an emotional purchase. And uh, that always clouds your judgment when it comes to spending money. So here's the deal with why it's not. Let me make a case here for why it's not a good investment. And I'm going to make some uh, assumptions here. We're going to use some easy numbers. And uh, for the sake of calculation, I'm going to assume you're buying a house for $100,000. Good luck finding a $100,000 house right now. In six months, you might be able to. Uh, in six months, there are probably going to be a lot of $100,000 homes. But let's say right now you buy a $100,000 house. And you. I'm just going to say for the sake of... Uh, making this easy that you have financed a hundred percent of it. So your loan is a hundred thousand dollars. Now you're going to say, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put down 20% or I'm going to get an FHA loan. If you get an FHA loan, by the way, 3% down, you may as well not have a down payment. That's just not even enough to, you're still going to have to pay uh, PMI, the uh, mortgage insurance. And, uh, uh, until you get 20% of that paid for, so it's going to come out about the same. So we're just going to assume a $100,000 loan on a $100,000 house at 6%. Uh, and right, right now, I think you're looking at 7 to 8% on a mortgage. Um, so you get this mortgage for uh, 6% for 30 years. So let's say you buy this home for $100,000. You get it at 6%. And as I said before, good luck getting a 6% mortgage. Uh, they're right now they're running between seven and 8%. Uh, interest rates went up since I made this calculation and you get this for 30 years. Uh, property tax is 
going to run you about sixteen eighty five a year, depending on where you live. I just picked the town I live in, and that's what it would cost here. $1,685 a year. Uh, uh, insurance payments, uh, you might have to pay PMI payments, probably will. Your total paid in amount over 30 years is going to be 302179 So you're going to pay a little over $302,000. Uh, plus you're going to have maintenance costs. And if you're in an area with an HOA, you're going to have HOA fees and whatever assessments they come up with. Um, and that's a cost of having your house. A lot of people don't think about those HOA fees as being a cost of owning your house, but, uh, it is. Uh, so the national average home appreciation, 3.8% annually, uh, that comes from a report uh, from Black Knight. Uh, your estimated home value in 30 years is going to be 306140 Subtract the 302 that you're going to pay in. You come out with a whopping $3,961 profit over 30 years. Uh, so what is that? <laughs> $11 a month, something like that. Uh, and if you factor in inflation, because you're only getting a 1.2% return with that, by the way, factor in inflation and you have a negative return. You have a net loss. So I know what you're thinking. What's the, what's the difference in that in a commercial property? Why, why are they different? Or what's the difference between that and a rental property, even a house, a rental house? The difference is, Somebody else is paying your mortgage payment for you. You're getting income on the property. There is no income on your house. You don't have. There's no cash flow. There's no. Uh, uh, there's no money coming in monthly. So you buy a, a rental property. Your tenants paying that mortgage payment. They're paying the insurance. They're paying the property taxes, and you have a profit every month. And hopefully, your annual profit's going to be at least eight percent. That's uh, pretty much. What I look for in a property is uh, an eight percent annual return. So out of out of that eight percent, you're gonna you know all these uh, your mortgage payments gonna uh, bring that down a little bit, but uh, you're gonna come out with a positive return. Your tenant's gonna pay off your mortgage for you over time, and if it's a commercial property, uh, your value is gonna be a lot higher. Your value is based on the income the property generates not on the neighborhood comps, not on the houses around you, not on uh, anything else. It's based on the income that you generate off the property. And so if you have some kind of commercial property, it could be apartments, it could be uh, uh, industrial properties, uh, warehouses, storage units, it could be retail centers, uh, office buildings, anything like that that you can lease to a business you can raise the value every time you raise the rent. You're going to raise the rent every five years. That's an investment. Uh, most most co most commercial properties will raise the rent every five years. Some will raise them every year. And um, so that increases the value of your property. And that's why they do that. I mean, it, it's to keep up with the market rent, but it also increases the value of their property every year over and above replacement cost value increases. So... Your home doesn't do that. Your home doesn't send you a paycheck every month. Your home doesn't 
get you the kind of tax deductions that an investment property will. And so that's why I say stop thinking of your home as an investment. It's not going to get you anything. You have to remember you didn't pay $100,000 for that $100,000 home. You paid $302,000 for it. You paid uh, maintenance costs on that house. And over the years, the maintenance costs are going to go up, not down. You're going to have to pay for uh, everything that you do to that house from now on. And there's no cash coming in from that house. Now, you people that have paid, gosh, some people out there have paid way over market value for their homes. Uh, you've made, <laughs> you've made a bad investment. I mean, that's, that's not just, that is the, the height of emotional buying right there. You, uh, you bought out of a fear of missing out you bought, it was FOMO, pure and simple. You, you're afraid you were going to miss out on the property. You weren't going to get, uh, you weren't going to get a piece of real estate before the price went up too high. And I have a message for the real estate agents out there that encourage you to do it. You've, uh, you have done a horrible disservice to these people. If you don't know that we're in a bubble, if you didn't know that we were, uh, at the top, way over the top of the market, if you encouraged somebody to bid 50 or hundred thousand dollars over asking price over appraised value, you should not have a real estate license. I'm sorry, but you know, you shouldn't be doing that. That is not ethical. You should at least warn these people and say something along the lines of, you know, you're buying in a bubble, you're buying a house that uh, is overvalued. It's not worth what you're offering. And I just have to tell you that as a matter of professional ethics and advise you not to do it. That's what I would tell someone if I were selling houses. Luckily, I don't sell houses, but uh, you get my point. Um, there's, a, there's an obligation that a realtor has, that an agent has, to the buyers. And, uh, and I know uh, some of these agents may not have known. They may not have realized what was going on. But you know what? It's your profession. You should realize it. You should keep up with that stuff. Uh, and I know there are a lot of people out there on the financial channels that are recession deniers and they are crash deniers. They're denying that we have a problem. They're denying that we have a real estate bubble and they're still doing it to this day. Even though we've been in a recession, we've had two consecutive quarters of negative growth. That's the definition of a recession. And I know that somebody in the white house is trying to redefine that to make themselves look better, but it's just not true. It is a recession. And I've even heard billionaires say, we might have a recession next year. Well, pull your head out and look at what's going on around you. You know, I, I have all the respect in the world for people who have started from nothing and gone to being a billionaire. But get out of your damn house and go see what's going on in the world and talk to some people that aren't billionaires. Talk to some people that aren't rich. Talk to some people and tell them face-to-face 
you you don't think there's a recession and see what they have to say about that. It's common sense. It's common sense to know that we're in a bubble. I mean, when somebody offers a hundred thousand dollars, like the house down the street here from me, where somebody offered a hundred thousand dollars over asking price and the asking price was already 50,000 over where it should have been. And, Common sense should tell you something is wrong when that's going on. Right now, we've got neighborhoods down the road here, brand new construction neighborhoods, where the work has stopped. Nobody's out there working anymore. Those houses have sat there without any progress for two months, three months, and nobody's out there working on them. And you still got people saying, oh, the housing market's okay. It's going to be fine. Uh, We still have an inventory shortage. How can you have an inventory shortage when you have neighborhoods, whole neighborhoods of unfinished houses sitting there waiting because the buyers have all backed out? You only have a shortage if you have people that want to buy it. Anytime you have a shortage of something, it's because people want to buy it and you don't have enough of it. If they don't want to buy it anymore, you don't have a shortage anymore. I'm sorry, but... You know, that's common sense. That's what a shortage is. Not enough of something. Well, we've got plenty of them here and more of them coming on the market. A city of 70,000 people should not have 12 or 1300 homes on the market. We should not have 565 new construction homes on the market listed when normally they don't make it that far to the listings. They get bought before before construction starts. Now they've got that many of them on the market listed and they're not selling. Nobody's buying those things. We have one whole neighborhood of leased homes now because the, the builder, it's one of these big builders, has built this neighborhood up and they couldn't sell the homes, so now they're leasing those homes. So it looks to me like the market is for renters, not for buyers. At least that's the way it's headed. Um, So maybe in a few months when the prices come down and uh, people start realizing what they've done and people start running for the exits and running for the hills and trying to get out of their homes and then there'll be some bargains. There'll be some maybe some normal priced homes on the market. Right now, you go try to get a mortgage, uh, seven or eight percent. It's what you're going to be paying, maybe in the sixes if you have like a, a really strong credit score, eight hundred or above, or something like that. Maybe then you'll get uh, under seven percent. But you know what? These are really normal interest rates. This is where we should have been. We should have been in the sixes. We should not have been down in the twos and threes. We should have been in the 6 to 7% range all the time, all along. And uh, then people wouldn't be buying these over these, these huge houses that they normally wouldn't be able to afford. So please stop thinking of your home as an investment. Buy it when you can afford it and buy it because you and want to enjoy it. Don't buy it because you think it's going to make you money. It's not going to make you any money. You know, it, it, you're you're confusing equity with profit. 
equity is not profit unless you have increased the equity over and above the natural equity increase. If you and the only way you can do that is is if you have uh, uh, a commercial property that where the equity is based on the income, and you can increase the income, but you can't do that on your house, can you? So you're gonna you're gonna go along and have your equity uh, increase by paying down your mortgage, and by the normal three point eight percent increase annually in property value, and uh, you know it's not. I mean, by the time you've paid all the interest and and all the other payments on that house, property taxes, holding costs is what this is. Um, that's what we call holding costs. You're not going to have any profit. You've got equity. And you can't spend equity. Equity's not cash flow. Equity's not profit. Uh, some of it could be, but most of it is not profit. Most of it's your loan pay down. But equity is not, equity is not cash flow. You can't spend it. The only way you can spend it is you either sell the property or you borrow against the property. That's how you can spend your equity. So, wonder how many people I've upset about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I was warned about doing this episode too. Uh, but uh, because I've had these conversations with people in person and they didn't like it when I said that. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's unfortunate, but, uh, people will figure it out. I had to figure it out and, uh, you know, you learn by doing, and that's, that's, uh, that's what's going on. People are learning by doing, and, uh, I hope that you get out of it. Okay. I don't want to see people lose money. I don't want to see, uh, People buy a house and pay $100,000 over its value. They're going to be in some pain for quite a while. I mean, that's just, that's hard. Imagine if you bought that house, $100,000 over its appraised value. When this crash comes, your value is probably going to go down even farther. Then what are you going to have in 30 years? You know, then what do you, what are you going to recover that hundred thousand you paid in cash over the, over the asking price or over the appraised value? You're going to be able to recover that? Don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I hope you can. I hope you don't have to wait 30 years for it, but, uh, kind of doubt it. Um, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic here. I'm, I'm actually trying to be optimistic, uh, when this crash happens, if you had that $100,000 in your bank account, instead of putting it into a, an overpriced house, then you could put it in when the crash happens, when real estate bubbles pop, then you can buy properties for under their appraised value. That's when you, you make the deals. That's when you get ahead and you make a profit. If you haven't bought a house, don't sweat it. Rent for a while. Just rent, and if you have the cash, just hang on to it. Buy when when the prices stabilize, when they get when they normalize. Don't rush into buying uh, a house that's uh, that's overpriced. So that is going to be it for this episode. Uh, I hope you I hope you got something out of it, and uh, uh, I hope it wasn't too negative for you, and hope it didn't hit too close to home, but. Uh, 
the idea here is to just uh, give you something to think about. And when you go to buy a house, think about how much you're really paying for it and think about why you're buying it. Uh, just sit and think. Don't get uh, caught up in the the fury and the frenzy of buying houses. Just think about why you want that house. Why do you want it? Do you want to enjoy it or do you think it's an investment? If you want to enjoy it, that's the reason to buy the house. And I hope you get a house that way and enjoy it for a long time. I'll see you next time on Real Estate Revenue.